But oftentimes, there's a very real reason for that. At that time, they're going through that feedback loop. The brain is shutting down the unimportant noise and only focusing on the threat. Welcome to the Close Quarter Dad podcast, discussions about raising your kids with confidence, safety, and resilience. I'm your host, Adam Mitchell, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey there, I wanna have a discussion with you about this thing called situational awareness. And I wanna be able to share with you some ideas and some techniques that you can use with your children to help them to be able to identify potential risks, hazards, or threats, as well as obstacles and exits should they need to be able to get themselves out of a dangerous situation quickly and effectively. So situational awareness kind of seems like a tactical term, and I guess it is, but more than anything, it's just having an assessment of your environment, things that might be dangerous, things that might create a risk, possibly people that I know are gonna challenge me. And I wanna be able to identify that quickly and be able to remove myself or deescalate those situations in the best way possible. So it's really nothing more than coaching your children like you already do to look both ways before they cross the road or always be aware of your surroundings. And I can go on and on with examples. So how do we get our kids to increase their level of situational awareness regardless of where they might be, uh, who they may be with, the time of the day, when do they lose that awareness and how does that happen? Let's go there. I think the best simulation that we can talk about, at least that for me as a dad, is in the gaming environment. But I'm sure a lot of you can identify with me that your kids are completely immersed into Fortnite or whatever the video game that they might be playing. But here's what happens very often while they're gaming. They go into this state of fight or flight and there's a constant feedback loop that's happening and the sympathetic nervous system activates and their mind is in this micro fight or flight mode over and over and over again. And when this activation happens, Part of the process of physiological changes go through, one of which is called tunnel vision. You may have heard of this before, where someone gets really scared or they have to fight for their life or they're running and fight or flight kicks in and they don't see what's going on around them. That's a very natural thing to happen. When a, when, when a dangerous situation or a risky situation, something that creates a high level of anxiety and stress and fear for them, when that happens, they're not gonna be able to kind of take a, seat, take a back seat and tell themselves to, okay, well, tunnel vision's about to happen, so what we need to do is increase our field of, that's not gonna happen. So it's up to us to give them exercises and to be able to train them and to help train their body so that when something does happen, this doesn't take over. In the gaming environment, that takes over most of the time. So I decided to do a little research on this and I wanted to share with you a few things that I found. Now in first person gaming situations, there's a whole number of things that the top gamers look out for and they train to prevent from happening, such as nausea and motion sickness in some of these games. So there are three things that the top gamers identify as being a priority for getting the best possible outcome in a gaming experience. And those are number one, having a strong field of vision, number two, having strong decision-making skills, and number three, general awareness. You see, in general, we have a 180 degree field of vision. One of the ways that athletes train at this, developing a strong field of vision, or what's oftentimes now referred to as court vision, is by extending their arms to the side, wiggling the fingers, 
and moving their hands back as they wiggle the fingers. And once you start to see your fingers as you're looking straight ahead, go out of your peripheral field of vision, then that's basically your threshold. In the martial arts that I teach is that this open arm posture like this is actually considered to be one of the most combative. Not, not, not hands up like this or in this, like, this fighting position, but actually with the arms open. And I wanna to explain to you why, and this is, it's because that it's understood that if my field of vision is like this inside of a tunnel. If you're the threat, then all of a sudden, I notice another threat and another threat, or your two friends, your two buddies coming in to surround me. Suddenly, my field of intent goes from a linear line to now opening to about 30 degrees. So I go from here to here. Now I have a threat here and a threat here, as well as directly in front of me. Another threat all the way is to my three o'clock and then all the way is to my nine o'clock. And now I'm in a situation where I'm surrounded. If I was squared up in this fighting posture like this and you were the, you were the threat, that would be fine. We wanna be able to train our children so that at any given time, they're able to identify threats within that 180 degree field of vision and putting them inside a monitor and in a video game environment where they're constantly going through that feedback loop of micro fight or flight experiences over and over and over again, puts them into a constant state of tunnel vision. I'm sure you've probably been there where you're saying, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, hey. And they, there is, though you don't even exist. Oftentimes, that's just because they might just be being a pain in the ass. But oftentimes, there's a very real reason for that. At that time, they're going through that feedback loop. The brain is shutting down the unimportant noise and only focusing on the threat, the risk to their survival, which is when fight or flight happens, tunnel vision closes in, the field of vision tightens, and they're only focused on that loop and survival and these micro experiences that happen over and over and over again in video gaming, especially when they bring the monitor in close and they're sitting right there, and especially when they're playing in a, in a first player experience. We don't want our kids being in this space for four hours a day. I don't want my kids being there for an hour a day, being in this constant feedback loop where you're having a dopamine spike over and over and over again. Activation and the processes within your brain that are supposed to be pretty far apart from one another are happening over and over again. Tunnel vision is a pretty consistent state where they're in since it becomes more and more commonplace and more easy for them to go into a place of tunnel vision, as I've already explained, then when a potentially dangerous situation eventually does arise in their life, they're gonna go right there. What we want is our kids to be able to have a strong, 180 degree field of vision. Those top gamers recognize that field of vision and general awareness are a priority to gaming. What do we do as parents to our children to help minimize that? Well, number one, we wanna minimize the amount of game time that they have. We wanna be able to create a greater distance from the monitor so that we're widening their field of vision to at least in no less than 60%. Once we start going into you know, a, a very, very small field of vision, then we're training them to go into tunnel vision. The next is to give them exercises so that they can consistently witness things that are in their field of vision, in their peripheral field of vision, and not straight in front of them. So oftentimes give your kids challenges to look them in the eye or let's have a staring contest. What are three things that you can see happening? Another thing might be to have a staring contest with them and hold a number up. Now, I don't have the, because of the screen, but if you're staring at them, hold a number up. 
five or two or one, and then go wider and wider with that. The exercise of holding the hands out and testing them right now might be something that you want to do. Maybe you want to see where they move their hands and their fingers and their fingers are wiggling as they go back. And once they go out of the field of vision without them moving their eyes side to side, then you're going to be able to see exactly where the threshold for their peripheral field of vision is. And constantly training to increase their peripheral field of vision and constantly stimulating that peripheral field of vision is going to be the first step to helping them have a strong sense of awareness in any situation that they get themselves into. I want to thank you for spending time with us on this episode today. It's truly appreciated. I hope you got some value from it. If you want to go ahead and leave any comments or questions, reach out to me directly. I personally answer all of the questions that you have. If you know someone like yourself who may find value in this episode, then please go ahead and share it. We'd also like to ask you to subscribe to Close Quarter Dad. This way you get updated every time a new episode comes out wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you so much once again, and we'll see you on the next episode of Close Quarter Dad.